Today, we celebrate the backbone of our families, our mothers. That's, they're the ones who nourish us, walk with us, and teach us how to live a good life. So we give God thanks for them today. Pause with me as we look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, God, we give you thanks for this day that we can come to you just as we are on another Lord's Day, dear God. Recognizing our, the one who has been the vessel um, to bring us forward as children, our mothers. We pray, God, that you will be with them, guide them, and direct them as they go from day to day. We thank you, Father, for everyone who are here with them, maybe the children or whoever visiting them today. We, we, we pray, God, that you just be with them as well. And Father, as many amongst us who may be sick, we ask for healing in the name of Jesus. And those who may be going through hours of bereavement as well, dear God, we pray that you will comfort them and guide them as they go through this tough time in their lives. And we pray, Father, that we as a people will love you completely, love ourselves correctly, and love others with compassion. Grant us this day our daily bread, peace of mind, and your divine favor. And may we always be mindful to just know that you are God, and you alone are God, and you are sovereign, you are loving, and you are kind. We give you praise and honor in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen and amen. The, we'll have a selection now from our combined choir with the sunbeams and the men. Sit back and enjoy.
they sound good? Let's give them another round of applause. My wife will, know, will be proud to know that I was a part of that. And I can imagine her smiling right now. Okay, we have um, four video clips with our students that is abroad, and we had asked them to put something together for us. And we will have the first one now with um, Kyle Ferguson. We only name him mothers today, so we're not worrying too much about the father, but his mother's name is Michelle Ferguson. Carl is um, at Liberty University in Virginia, and he's studying audio-video production. So enjoy, Carl Ferguson. Oh, well, hello there. Didn't recognize you. You know, up doing my late-night studies as usual. Always focus on my schoolwork. Well, since you're here, might as well tell you, happy Valentine's Day. Just kidding. It's not Valentine's Day. Happy Mother's Day. All right. Just want to let you know I love you. Hope you have a great day. And can't wait to come home and see you soon. Well, it's about that time when I have to get back to my studying and make you and Dad happy. So, enjoy your day. I love you. I'll talk to you some more today. All right. You're the best mom anyone can have. Remember that. Love you. All right, good morning, church. And I, and I too want to wish all of our lovely mothers out there a very uh, happy and blessed Mother's Day. Uh, one of my favorite sayings from Mother's Day is, a mother is she who can take the place of all others, but whose place no one else can take. And, and, I, and for me, that is very true. And I think for most people, that is true. So we really appreciate you mothers and, and hope you enjoy your day today. Uh, so what we just saw just now was a clip from Kyle. And we have a few others, like, like we mentioned. We weren't able to catch up with all of our students who were away at school. Uh, so just a few of them. And um, we, we tried to catch up with Christopher Worrell. He, um, he's studying right now in Trent, Canada, uh, Business, Economics, and Sustainability. And that's a mouthful. But uh, he wasn't able to send a video. But he, in, instead, he sent us a letter for his mother that I'm going to read right now. And of course, his mother is uh, lovely uh, Denise Worrell. And the letter goes as follows. To the gracious and most spectacular Denise Worrell, my recent educational endeavors prevent me from celebrating this very special day with you. However, you are not far from my mind. You are truly more precious than jewels. The first thing that I thank God for whenever I thank him is for you. It is quite fitting that I have recently finished a personal study of the book of Proverbs and am amazed at how well you fit into the description of a godly woman in chapter 31. It is as if it was model after your life. The way you are both business savvy and kind hearted is an incredible combination. You are a perfect partner for dad and even more incredible teacher to me and Mike. I have adopted so many of your teachings from home and still use them today and it has been a blessing to me and assisted me in my life incredibly. I am also overwhelmed with gratitude that God predestined that you should be my mother. This sense of gratitude is doubled when I see people that have not had Christian mothers like you to guide them and show Christ's love. So the burden of childhood, childbirth, training, and constant worrying that Mike and I may have put you through over the years were not in vain. In the words of Proverbs, many women have done excellently, but you surpassed them all. 
Have a happy Mother's Day, Mom. Chris. All right, thank you very much, students. Okay, so the next item on our program is a little bit of a fun activity, and, it, and we'll have some participation from you, the audience. And how this is going to work is, we've selected four mothers from out of our church, and uh, we've gotten some information about them, some facts. And I'm going to give you some of those facts, and we're going to see who can be the first to guess who this mother is going to be. And the person that guessed correctly will get a gift certificate, one gift certificate from Starbucks. And also the mother will also come up for a prize that we have for her as well. So if, let's see how well we know some of our mothers out there. And the first one, okay, so this mother is a mother of three children. She has eight grandchildren. And before I go, um, immediate families are not allowed to answer, okay? If you think this is your mother or your immediate family, please don't answer because you won't get the prize. <laughs> okay, so she's, she was born in Nassau in 1945. She attended Xavier School. She grew up in the Dalleswell Street area. She also sang in the very first choir of Calvary Bible Church. She's also taught Sunday school from the beginning of Calvary Bible Church. And she has worked at the same company for the past 42 years. Uh, B? Eleanor Lowe. Yes, B Fowler has got that correct. Miss um, Eleanor Lowe is in the crowd, please. Can you come forward? Well, as you said, Eleanor has been here from the beginning, so we really appreciate you, Eleanor, and all that you've done for Calvary. And I hope you have a very blessed night. Okay. The next mother we're going to try to get. This mother has four children. She herself is the sixth of ten children and the oldest girl. She loves the outdoors, and when she was growing up, she used to shoot marbles and climb trees to pick fruits with her older brothers. She accepted the Lord at the age of 15. She uh, taught for a while at Blue Hill Christian School and St. Andrew's School, and she still teaches today. Her favorite way to relax after long days to hop into bed and drink a nice... Go ahead, Craig. Jennifer Pierce. Man, you, how did you get Jennifer Pierce out of that? <laughs> okay, okay, good. Well, we'll give it to Anita then. Come, Anita. Yes, Jennifer, Jennifer Pierce is that person, and I was just getting ready to give us some more information, but okay. Uh, Jennifer is in the crowd this, this morning, Jennifer. Jennifer's not here? Well, Randy may have to take this on behalf of Jennifer. All right, so that's the first two mothers. We've got two more mothers that will come up later on in the service. Thank you very much.
During the course of the month, um, last month, we had asked a few of our students to let us know um, what they like about their mother, who their mother is, and what they would want God to do for their mother. Well, I have two of them so far, and she says, my name is Celine Watkins. My mother's name is Stacy Watkins. And I thank God for my mom because she is beautiful, she is lovely, outgoing, and kind. My prayer for my mom is that God will take care of her for the rest of her life and continue to lead her in the right path. That is Celine to Stacy. I have a second one. This one says, my name is Peter Rutherford, and my mother's name is Cherise Rutherford. I thank God for my mom because she is the one who brought me on this earth. My prayer for my mom is that, please, Lord, help my mom to live long enough to see my children. <laughs> 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 so that's been said, we'll have another um, video clip. Hello. Hello, Arthur. This is your mother. Do you remember me? <laughs> Mom, I was just going to call you. Is that a funny thing? Do you know that I had my hand Arthur, on the phone? you I were was... supposed to call me last uh, Friday. Well, honey, I know. I just didn't have a second, and I could cut my Arthur, throat. I was. I sat I... by that phone uh, all day Friday. Uh, honey, I was working. And I just all kept... day Friday night. Darling, I was in the lab. And, and all I... day Saturday. Mom, I, I and all the... day Sunday. Mom, And I... your father finally said to me, Phyllis, eat something. You'll faint. I said, no, Harry, no. I don't want my mouth to be full when my son calls me. And you never called. Mother, I was sending up a rocket. I didn't have a second. Well, it's always something, isn't it? All right, honey, look, please. You know, Arthur, no. I'm sure that all the other scientists there have mothers. And I'm sure that they all find time after their breakfast or before their count-off, Down. to pick up a phone and call their mother. Honey, listen, now you have me on the and phone. And you know how I worry. Well, that's the point. I, I read in the paper that you're still losing them. Mother. <laughs> mother, I don't lose them. I nearly went out of my mind. Honey, listen, I want I you... thought, what if they're taking it out of his pay? All right. <laughs> That's it, Mom. It I just so please, honey, tell I will me send how you, you are, Mother. Tell me how you are. How are you? I'm sick. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to hear it. What's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> well, you know what it is, Arthur. Yeah. It's the same thing it's always been. Yeah, sure, yeah. It's yeah. my nerves. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh... <laughs> I went to the doctor. Uh, of course, yeah. And yeah. he told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, listen, Mrs. White, mm, mm, you are a very nervous, yeah, yeah. very high-strung woman. Yeah, well, God knows that's true. <laughs> and you 
you cannot stand the slightest aggravation. Well, no. Well, so I said, I Doctor, I know that. Yeah, I know, yeah. and you know, I do. Yeah, I know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. said, uh, yeah. but you see, Doctor, I have this son, <laughs> and uh, he's very busy. And it's the truth. He is. He's busy. I said, you see, doctor, he's too busy to pick up a phone and call his mother. Mom, honey, Arthur, I want you to tell me... when I said that to him, that man turned pale. <laughs> mother... He said, Mrs. White, I have been a doctor for 35 years. Darling... And I've never heard of a son too busy to call his mother. I know, Mom. That's but... just what he said to me, Arthur. I know. And uh... that man is a doctor. <laughs> mother... Please, would tell me, what did the doctor say they're going to do with you? Well, I may be in the hospital for a while, so... The uh, hospital? Yes. But wh wh what are they going to do? Well, they'll x-ray my nerves. <laughs> Mother, why don't you let me know? All you have to don't, do is don't drop don't me... Don't I don't want to aggravate you. Don't aggravate you. Don't you never mind about me, darling. Please, listen, about you. How is your hangnail? <laughs> Mother, listen to me, please, please, just don't worry. Arthur, what does that mean? Honey, what does that mean, don't worry? Well, nothing, actually. I just, I don't know. I said the first thing that came into my head. <laughs> listen to me, Arthur. I'm a mother. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And I... <laughs> listen, what's the use of talking, you know? You're very young. Someday, someday, honey, you'll get married. Mom. And you'll have children of your own. Mom, please. And honey, when you do, I only pray that they make you suffer the way you're making them. <laughs> That's all I pray, Arthur. That's a mother's prayer. Okay, Mom, thanks for calling. You're very sarcastic. Mother, I am doing my best here. Now, you call. I tried to explain to you that I was busy. You I, know I, I, I don't th hit me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I bothered you when you were so busy. Believe me, I won't be around to bother you much longer. And listen, I hope I didn't make you feel bad. Are you kidding? I feel awful. Oh, honey, if I could believe that, I'd be the happiest mother in the world. Well, mother, what do you think? I feel rotten. Oh, then, Arthur, honey, why don't you call me? Honey, you know, I know that I nag you. You got a nagging mother. What are you going to do? <laughs> I'm kidding. But, honey... You know, you're my baby. And listen, you're the only baby I've got. And I'll tell you something, when you, when you get to be a hundred years old, you're still going to be my baby, you know? And when you don't call me, honey, I can't help it. I just, I worry. And is that so hard to just pick up a phone and call your mommy? Is it? Oh, please, baby. Please. Yeah, well, I will, I promise. <laughs> Oh, honey, if you do, you make your mommy so happy. Oh, if my mommy's happy, then I'm happy. Oh, thank you, baby. 
And Mommy wants to wish you lots of luck with your rocket. Thank you, Mommy. <laughs> and you remember that Mommy loves you? I love you too, Mommy. <laughs> Goodbye, baby. Goodbye, Mommy. Nanny, nanny. Hi, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. I just wanted to give a special shout-out to my mom, Dina, and just to thank her for everything that she's done for me and for any sins in hand as well. And I just want to thank her for her support and encouragement that are always unwavering and just for the wonderful role model that she is and the great advice that she gives. So happy Mother's Day, Mom. Thank you for everything, and I love you. And you know, it's pretty tough, I know, for parents and for mothers especially, having your kids go off to university. Um, I mean, I think about when I went off and, and how it played on my mother, uh, the stress she went through. And, um, you know, so we, uh, we really want to appreciate you mothers who um, allow your kids to go off to further education, even though, you know, it's a, one of the most strenuous things that a mother can go to to let go of her child like that to go away to a foreign land. Um, so that was uh, Rachel. Now, I'm back, and we've got two more mothers that uh, we're going to try to uh, guess, uh, want you to guess, and get some prizes. So the next mother, she was born in Inagua. Uh, she was a, a former member of the National Youth Choir. She loves playing the piano. Um, her birthday is one day before her husband's birthday in 1966. Her favorite hobby and what she likes to do is baking. Uh, her husband has a honey production business. Go, Priscilla. Paula Delabo. Yes, Paula's the other mother. Take, take, take that picture. Uh, is Paula here? Yes, Paula. Please give Paula a hand. Paula is also one of the directors for the uh, Sunbeams Choir, and I really appreciate her time and effort in that ministry. Okay, our last mother, she was educated at Xavier's College and St. Augustine's College. Uh, she has one sister and one brother. She has three sons. Um, she uh, is very active in the ministry here, even though it... <laughs> Sorry? Wow. <laughs> yes, Karen Rogers is is um uh, please. <laughs> I was just thought I was just getting to the good stuff, but anyway. But Karen, yeah, she has three sons, and uh, is Karen here? While she comes up, I'll give some more information. Oh, that's right. I was I was about to say that she's in the ministry and she's not always seen, but her dedication is very much appreciated, and that's where she is right now in the nursery. 
So um, uh, we really appreciate her. Um, Albert, would you please come and uh, accept this on behalf of your wife, uh, Ms. Karen Rogers, please? And she's also the mother of our, our youth pastor, uh, young Mr. Nicholas. Oh, here she is. All right, that's okay then, Albert. You can sit down. <laughs> yes, working tirelessly behind the scenes, one of our mothers taking care of the young ones. We really do appreciate you. All right, thank you. We will have a third video clip now, and this one will come from Rachel Cates. Rachel's mom is Elaine Cates. She attends Gordon College in Massachusetts in music education. Enjoy, Rachel Cates. Hi, Mom. I just want to thank you today for what a wonderful example you've set for me over the years. You've taught me integrity, honesty, selflessness, and the importance of hard work. You're the greatest mom in the world. Happy Mother's Day. That should make a mother proud, I'm sure. Now, this is the time we have a, a five minutes allotted for those of you who would want to let us know your favorite memory with your moms. So we have some persons come around with a mic, but just by a show of hands, just by a show of hands, and keep it short and brief for us, please. Thank you. Every time I'm sick, or me and my sister's sick, my mother always volunteers to help us, or she keeps us home and takes care of us. When your mother's as old as my mother is, um, you learn to appreciate it even more. Because when I was a teenager, or when uh, growing up, because she was such a militaristic mother, um, it was bitter because she ne she didn't allow us to get away with anything. She tried to st steer us in the right direction, and now today I'm proud to say I appreciate what she did for us. I want to talk about my surrogate mother, Dot Simonet. She did everything she could do to make us happy and to help us to see how to live in this life. I'm afraid I didn't follow her too well, but I thank God for her anyway. Uh, Gets us nutritious food to eat so that we can grow up to be healthy and strong. When I'm sick at school or something happens at school, my mom will come for me. With my mom, I noticed so much growth in her that I began to look up to her so much more. 
And mom, I just wanted to say, you really modeled the Proverbs 31 woman. There is always a lasting um, friendship between my mom and myself. Even though she has gone on to eternity, many days I sit, I'm just a domestic person. Absolutely, everything that you ever think of in a home, I enjoy doing it. And I give that credit to my mom. And I don't believe in talking to the dead, but I talk to God all the time. I say, Lord, I thank you for my mom who has invested time in me and in my other nine sisters and my one brother. And I said, Lord, I just really appreciate you for how she guided me in the path that she knew in those days. And I want to say, Lord, she has gone on, but she has left her legacy with me. And I thank the Lord, spiritual legacy and also physical. Thank the Lord for her. Well, thank you very much for sharing um, your special memories with your mom. But I just want to point out something, just get off the hook just a bit, but I think it's worth um, recognizing. The first young lady who spoke um, just a bit, um, Hannah, you know, in our Sunday t school time this morning, she was so excited to let us know that she had accepted the Lord as her Lord and Savior. Let me give God thanks for that. So, so, Hannah, be encouraged. It's interesting that um, Jonathan, you know, he decided to say something to his mom because he was one of those who we talk, um, who had written something um, for his mom. But since he didn't say the exact words, I would read what he said. He said, my name is Jonathan W. Knowles. My mom know, my mom name is Anita C. Knowles. So I thank God for my mom because she helps me with my schoolwork, and my homework. I pray for my mom. My prayer for my mom is that God will help her to keep safe from all harm and danger. And that's, that's what everybody should want um, for their mothers. Okay, so we come now to our fourth um, video clip, and that will be from Delise Sands. Delise Sands' mom name is Dawn Sands. You know Dawn, the pianist here at our church, and she also studied at Liberty University in Virginia. Not exactly sure what she's studying, but um, enjoy the least signs. Happy Mother's Day, Mommy, and happy birthday. I just want to let you know that I love you so much, and I really look up to you. You are what they call a woman of God. I am so thankful you are my mother and I would call you my hero. All of your qualities are amazing, and I know you seek God in every aspect of your life. And your strength and love motivate me to seek, or, seek a deeper relationship with Christ. You have always supported me in everything I wanted to do, and for that, I thank you. Thank you for always loving Brittany and I with everything you have. We love you. Bye. We know that many of us celebrate our mom who are alive with us today.
but we also have some who have memories of our mothers who had passed on. So we want to take this time now for just a moment of silence for those mothers that had passed on. Please, one moment of silence. May the soul of the daily departed rest in peace. Good morning. Good morning. Um, my name is Craig Knowles. My mother is um, Carl Knowles. My wife is Anita Knowles. Um, the mother of my four lovely children. And counting. Yeah. yeah, people like that joke, hey? Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are again grateful for the privilege of spending time in your presence. We thank you for your word, Father God. It is a source of life and light, help, direction, and guidance. We thank you, Father, that we have the privilege of spending time in it this morning. We pray that as we enjoy time in your word, that you would speak to our hearts, challenge and encourage us as we look into your word, and may you be glorified at the end of the time. In Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow, today is Mother's Day, and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Um, I always find it interesting, <clears throat> in most pulpits you'll probably find a, a woman speaking, and um, I, I say this disclaimer, I, I am not a mother, I, I don't aspire to be one, I don't think that's going to ever happen, and I thank God for that. He has set that aside, separate uh, for women, and the blessing of bearing children. But... This morning, I want, to, I want to take the opportunity to just look at something, ask you a question. Let me ask a question. What do you think Mother's Day, <clears throat> excuse me, is going to look like in about 10, 15, 20 years from now? What do you think mothers are going to look like? How are they going to act? How are they going to conduct themselves? I want you to think of what's going on in society right now and ask yourself the question, if things continue to proceed the way they are, what do you think Mother's Day will look like? What will tomorrow's mother look like? The question I want to ask you mothers, <clears throat> excuse me, are we adequately, adequately and accurately preparing the next generation? Last year when I had the opportunity to speak, the question was asked, are we considering the end? Are we considering what we want at the end of the day for our children to look like? And if we begin with that end in mind, it would guide and govern our actions today. And so as we look at motherhood, I ask you this question, mothers. What will tomorrow's mother look like? I realize that there are challenges out there. I told my wife, I said, when I was preparing this message, I believe mothers are under attack. Motherhood is under attack. I think of things, in America, an example in America, there is one divorce every 13 seconds. Four divorces a minute. 46,522 divorces per week. 
So imagine if women are, women are being divorced at that rate, what will motherhood look like? In our country, in 2010, 603 couples divorced. This year, in 2010, 2009, 688. It was said in 2009 and 2008, one-third of the women that got married divorced in the Bahamas. Now, at that rate, what will motherhood look like? According to the World Health Organization, every year in the world, an estimated 40 to 50 million women faced with an unplanned pregnancy decide to have an abortion. This corresponds to approximately... 125,000 abortions a day. If babies are being killed at that rate, what will motherhood look like? In the USA, they estimate that there are over 3,000 abortions per day. In the Bahamas, they say it's unknown because we don't sanction abortions. But their doctor was heard as saying it is an undercover operation in our country. It's happening. Our marriage is under attack. Marriage is now being redefined. No longer is it one man with one woman. It's now one man with one man and one woman with one woman. Any combination thereof. Now, Motherhood, with men marrying men, women marrying women, what will motherhood look like in years to come? Don't you see the attack? The attack on God's design for motherhood. I'd like to remind you, I, 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 as I present this message this morning, I want to encourage the mothers of Calvary Bible Church, the mothers and the mothers-to-be. I want to encourage you with God's word because the future of motherhood is in your hands. God has given you an awesome opportunity, an awesome privilege. And I want to encourage you that if we begin with the end in mind and make decisions today, we can Determine what motherhood will look like. I want to look at a text. Second Timothy, sorry, Titus 2. Titus 2, 3 through 5. The text is rather straightforward, and due to the shortness of the hour, we're going to be looking at that text briefly and allowing the text to speak for itself. Second Timothy, Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. And the text reads as follows. Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. If we want to see 
the motherhood that God designed, we need to use God's standards. We need to teach God's principles. When I look at this text, a lot of times people we shy away from this particular text when we speak to women because it, it some women take it as a as a that man uses as a tool to subjugate women. But I don't believe Scripture does that. I don't believe God wrote His Word to subjugate anybody. Scripture, the Bible says, is given by God for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness that we, the men and women of God, may be perfect, complete, furnished to do all good works. So there's a purpose in this text, and it speaks to the women. First, it speaks to the older women, the women who are those who have gone before, who've already set the example, who have paved the way, who have been through motherhood. What are these women supposed to look like? They're supposed to be reverent, setting a good example. They're supposed to be set apart, pure in their behavior and thought. When the young women of the church see this older woman, they're supposed to see a godly character, a godly example, someone they would want to follow. She's not to be a malicious gossip, not a false accuser, a slanderer, a talebearer, one who sips sips. So she's a woman who guards her mouth. She's not enslaved or controlled by wine. As the text, one passage says, not to be drunk with wine, whereas in excess, she is to be a woman filled or controlled by the Spirit of God. She is supposed to be an individual who teaches what is good. To be a good example. That's who the example is supposed to be. And scripture even tells her what she's supposed to teach. If we want to see the motherhood that God has designed, we've got to teach God's standards. I had a very, um, I would call a, a good teacher excellent teacher when it came to Bible study methods. I've done probably Bible study methods about four times now with Pastor Lee. And I'm, I'm thinking now as he sits here, he's probably critiquing my message. But um, I, I thank God that one of the things he always challenged me with, challenged all of us with, stick to the text. Let the text speak for itself. What are the women to teach? They're to teach the young women to love their husbands. Imagine what difference it would make today in this world if women loved their husbands. And not agape love, you know, because we like that agape talk. This text talks about phileo love. How you treat that man. Do you love him like a friend? Do you Show him affection, care, tenderness, warmth, and feeling. Scripture says the older woman is to teach the young woman how to love their husband. And I said, but, but why, why, do, why do you have to teach a woman? Doesn't that just come naturally? Loving your husband and loving your children? Evidently not. Because the text says she is to teach her how to be affectionate and Caring and tender and warm to her husband. The young wife has to be taught 
how to love a husband. Not just how to love a husband, how to love her children. How to take care of children. I always thought that that was a natural thing. But I don't think it is, you know. I look at my daughter and the way she treats children. I believe it's because of what she saw in her mother. Now, I won't go through some of the things she's talked about, about, about breastfeeding and things like that. But it's just amazing. The young women are watching. They're learning the lessons that we teach, whether or not we want to or not. They're listening to the words you say, whether you want to or not. They are watching your actions. They're watching how you treat daddy. And they're saying, what's this? They're watching how you treat their brothers and sisters. My wife came across an article by a woman who actually said she regretted having her children. She regretted it because they took away her life. How do you come to that? A regret of being a mother. It says she must teach her how to be sound, sensible, self-controlled, self-disciplined. She must teach her to be pure, how to conduct herself, how to dress, how to look, how to carry herself. One commentator says, a dirty wife or husband is never to be named among Christian believers. Nothing destroys the testimony of believers any more than sexual impurity. And nothing affects the love and the trust that couples can put in one another any more than sexual impurity. To teach the young women to be pure. Now, young women, that's what the text says. And as I look around, one of the challenges I see today is that challenge. Purity. When I, I was at COB now for the past several months, and, and we used to have a, a, a challenge when I went to COB. Because, and I asked the teachers, I said, I thought there was a dress code. Say there is. I said, but nobody's, nobody's do, doing it. What's going on? And you see women come to college in some of the most interesting outfits, for lack of a better word. And I imagine I ask myself the question. I, I ask myself the question. I'm a married man. What are the single young men going through? What are the single Christian young men going through? Imagine the challenge they're facing. And these people are going to have to get together eventually as husband and wife. What will motherhood look like? There must be workers at home. This is the one people don't like to touch. A keeper at home is one who looks after domestic affairs with prudence and care. They need to be busy at home, to be keepers at home, to be workers at home, to take care of the home business. That's your sphere. That's what the text says. I, I didn't say it. If, like one of my um, preachers who I love, he says, I'm just a mailman. I just deliver the mail. If you've got a problem with the, with the message, you need to talk to the author. But that's what the text says. You need to be a worker at home. And this does not mean you can't go out and work, you know. So please, it's not, this text does not say don't go out and work. The text does not say that you have to stay at home. It doesn't talk about being a housewife or it doesn't talk about homeschooling. The text says you have the responsibility of home. Now, whatever that entails to you, then you've got to make sure that that particular job is done. 
Because imagine now, what happens to the children if the mother doesn't take care of the home? Who will take care of the home? Who will take care of the children? Who will be responsible? What happens as a result? It says she must also be a woman who is kind, of good character, good disposition, generous, good-natured. Nothing will destroy a home than a sour woman. What, what does Proverbs say? It's better to dwell in the... Come on, most men know this one really well. We know this one well. It's better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than what? With a contentious woman in a wide house. If mommy, if everything ain't right with mommy, oh, I tell you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. But she's to be kind. Good disposition. But the other challenging one, she must be subject to her own husband. Not somebody else's husband. Not to her boyfriend. Subject to her husband, she must place herself under him in submission. He doesn't rule over her. She places herself underneath. If we see these character traits taught and demonstrated in our homes today, we see mothers, older women, teaching these principles. What do you think motherhood would be like 10 years from now? Do you think we could turn things around if we applied these principles? Do you think we would see a difference if we saw the purity that was talked about being demonstrated? What would happen to the abortion rates? If we saw these principles being manifested, what would happen to the marriages and the divorce issues? What difference do you think it would make? And the sad thing that hits me is that we will listen to the psychologists. We will look at, listen to all the doctors tell us what should be done. They will tell us how our women should go out and work, how women should do this. I, I read an, or watched an interesting article. They talked about one of the challenges they were having with the birth rate. America now has an issue. They have a problem. The birth rate in America is now below the replacement rate. In other words, at the rate they're having children, America will not be able to replace the amount of, of people they have in the country. Other countries like France are well below it already. Some, some places have already literally disappeared. But the birth rate, replacement rate is 2.13. I don't know how you get 0.13 of a child, but 2.13 child per woman. So if you're not having that many, then your nation is dying. America has realized that they are now dying. And it's because of some simple things. They said women decided to go out and work because of the revolution. People had to do things. The war came. And so women had to go to work. Then there was birth control. There was free love. And there were a number of things that happened. But as a result of those decisions and choices that were made, society is realizing that nobody wants to have babies anymore. Nobody wants to have children 
But scripture tells us that if we don't teach and we don't live based on these principles, according to the same text, it says in verse 5, these things are taught to these younger women so that the word of God will not be dishonored. King James says blasphemed, discredited, to injure the reputation of, to show to be undeserving of trust or belief. If we don't teach this to these young women and they don't practice it, it says that the word of God will lose its reputation. People won't trust it anymore. When I look at a text like that, it says to me, that is a powerful position to be in as a young woman. If we don't govern ourselves, if you don't govern yourself according to God's holy word, the word of God itself will be discredited. The world will not believe what we say. That's it, but, but, but you're telling us that you're not living it. And we're not seeing it demonstrated and manifested. So now you come to me and tell me what this good God you want me to know is my Lord and say, why should I know him if he isn't making a difference in your life? What are we teaching our daughters? What are we teaching the young women? Are we teaching them what is necessary so that we will see demonstrated in years to come a true godly picture of what motherhood is all about? I read a, an, an article, I'd like to read it to you. It was written by Douglas Phillips. It's entitled, The Rise and Fall and Rise of Motherhood in America. And he writes, Only a woman can carry in her body an eternal being which bears the very image of God. Only she is the recipient of the miracle of life. Only a woman can conceive and nurture this life using her own flesh and blood and then deliver a living soul into the world. God has bestowed upon her alone a genuine miracle, the creation of life and the fusing of an eternal soul with mortal flesh. This fact only establishes the glory of motherhood. Despite the creative plans of humanists, scientists, and the lawmakers to redefine the sexes, no man will ever conceive and give birth to a child. The fruit of the womb is a holy gift given by God to women alone. And this is one reason why the office of wife and mother is the highest calling to which a woman can aspire. This is the reason why nations that fear the Lord esteem and protect mothers they glory in the distinctions between men and women and attempt to build cultures in which motherhood is honored and protected. Special, unique, gift of God, miracle, motherhood. Psalm 127.3 says, as I sit, behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Happy Mother's Day.
me the road to heaven where all the sins are thrown. She will never, never leave me. The words of love of her as we go traveling on. If you were sitting in a pew near some mothers, please give them a warm shake hand and tell them they are special. Thank you very much. I take great pleasure today in presenting to this body the ideal mother. And I don't wish to substitute any other word other than the ideal mother. Most of you, I believe, are familiar with her already. She is beautiful on the inside, and that is reflected in what she does says, and how she speaks. 
I can tell you she is tender and she is kind. But please do not take that as a sign of weakness. That is not so. She is firm and she is strong. She knows the importance of being a good example and that that is so much better than a thousand servants or reprimands. Accordingly, she starts training her children at conception. She encourages, encourages them, saying positive things to her born and unborn children. She is not ashamed to sing to them, to cuddle them, to pray diligently with them and for them. She chooses her meals wisely, very wisely. Only a few snacks is allowed. I would not tell you what her weight is like. Only Sunday school language is ever heard. You want me to repeat that? Only Sunday school language is ever heard because she realizes that whatever is heard affects her children, both born and unborn. She gives priority to her husband and to her children. No sacrifice is too great since it is going to be for the benefit of her beloved family. She accompanies her children to Sunday school and to church. She is involved in many, many church activities. At work, she is punctual and a real treasure to all concerned. She is involved in community activities such as a soup kitchen, a warner, K 
care of the elderly and many, many others. I don't think, really, I need to give you any more characteristics of this ideal mother. For by now, I believe I have aroused your curiosity sufficiently and I have given you enough clues to positively identify the ideal mother. When you find her, please give her a hug and convey our congratulations to her. And then, please escort her to me. So, <laughs> please escort her to me. For a very special gift. A very happy Mother's Day to all mothers present as you seek to become the ideal mother. Thank you. Now, while we are waiting for the ideal mother to be escorted to the pulpit, we would want all mothers in the building to please stand, all mothers Please stand and remain standing until you have received a gift.
Well, they say every good thing must come to an end. So that concludes our service for today, but I have a few reminders, at least a reminder, that you can take this time out to go and spend the evening with your families. So you wouldn't have to come to church this evening. So I, I trust that you just enjoy today with your, your families, your children, and all who are a part of that. So let us pray as we close out the service. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that um, we can come and to worship you in this way and to honor our mothers. And so as we leave this place, but not your presence, we ask that you must be with us and guide us, bring us back again, that we cannot continue to worship you always. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.